Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He or she is the best football expert on the planet. Playing for pride now. And my prize gun. We're very passionate people here. Well, We're ready to come for the W, yeah? These girls will smoke you, man. Yeah. Hello again and welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough, the weekly gaming news show full of the hottest takes and the spiciest gossip. Or is that the other way around? I don't know. We'll find out today. Uh, we've got some amazing topics to talk about today. The Last of Us on PC is a mess. What? Uh, we'll also be talking about E3 being cancelled potentially forever and what that means for the gaming industry. We'll also talk about the potential Steam Deck competitor by Asus, uh, which is spicy. Uh, also be talking about the PlayStation Showcase potentially coming soon according to some reliable leakers and then we might even get on to the fact that nintendo are offering to repair their joy cons for free out of warranty which is very un-nintendo but we can talk about that a little bit later on um i'm delighted to be joined today uh, once again by my esteemed colleague and game pass subscriber aaron potter aaron how are you doing today are you okay I'm do- and then there were two. I'm doing yes. good, Nathan. I'm happy here to good. fly the, the, the Game Pass flag, the PlayStation Plus flag, whatever flag I'm required to rant about that week. But it's my pleasure to be here with you, uh, my friend. Good to know. Thank you very much uh, for joining me today. We've got some some really great topics. I know you've got mm-hmm. uh, you've got some some stuff you've got to get to this afternoon. Uh, so we have got uh, a five o'clock-ish deadline. So um, we're not going to be a bumper show, but it's going to be packed full of oh. interesting you're not going to know what hit you in terms of how fast we're going to get through these stories so comment while you can people yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get through it fast but also going to cover it extensively as well at the same time thank you every everyone for watching if you're on youtube you're on facebook uh, on tiktok even um thank you so much for watching please just drop a like and subscribe if you if you like this video or maybe afterwards obviously once you've watched it if you decide you liked it let us know as well and uh if you put a message in the chat we'll keep an eye on it we'll read out if you've got any questions or we've got opinions on what we're talking about we'd love to hear from you and we can debate them on the show as well um, but let's get stuck in to our first topic um the last of us part one on pc is a mess um what a week it's been for the last of us part one port on pc um, players are reporting countless instances of crashes issues with maxing out ram general lack of polish uh, there's been three updates i believe so far including one today which is the latest one which aims to stop crashes although uh, if you look on reddit it seems like it hasn't actually fixed the issue and people are still getting crashes um when Matt uh, Aldous, our um, producer, a game creator producer, streamed The Last of Us last week, he crashed six times uh, in six hours. Um, and you can watch that stream on our YouTube channel. If you go to our live tab, you can you can watch that stream. It was amazing, but he did crash a number of times, just showcasing some of the issues they've have, have had with the game. Um, I've seen some hilarious bugs, I've got to say. I've seen like a Spider-Man. Did you put it in our Slack? I think there's like a Spider-Man upside down. Ellie's upside down spinning like Spider-Man. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if it had anything 
to do with Spider-Man, but I don't know. Like she I did mean, sort of look like that. She was like just, just <laughs> rotating in midair as Joel and Tess were trying to have like this super yeah. serious conversation. She, oh, yeah. that's my favorite tweet I've seen all week. It's amazing. I've seen them like dripping with water as they're in a cutscene. Have you not seen that one? No, I've not seen that. No. They're just like okay. dripping. Oh. They're just they're in the middle of a cutscene, and the water is just running down their face. My it's God. hilarious. Um, some of the there's some of the you know obviously the best bugs that we like because we just like, love those kind of little things. But drop I them mean, in the, the chat. All the best bugs. Yeah, if you've seen a, if you've seen a bug, please let us know. Um, we've definitely seen our, our fair share. Um, but yeah, I mean for people who've obviously bought the game for I think it's forty nine ninety nine on PC. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of money to spend on a game that is broken. And I think the latest is that it looks like Steam, which normally have a um a cutoff where if you haven't played if you played the game for no longer than two hours and it's two weeks since you bought the game, Steam will normally refund you, no questions asked. Um but it seems like Steam is is refunding people regardless of how long they played it for, which kind of shows that they've you know messed the port up a little bit, uh, which is interesting. A little bit um, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I think it's interesting to... We need to explain the difference between a PC port and a remake. Because, obviously, we've been talking a lot about Resident Evil 4, the remake, from the original. Um, yeah. do, would you mind just explaining to our viewers the difference between that and, for example, like a port, like the, the Last of Us PC Part 1 for PC? Yeah, yeah. So this is like um, a constant debate I get, well, I get asked about often, but it constantly comes up, which is what is the difference between like a remake, a remaster and a reimagining? And then you can obviously throw like just a port in there uh, for all intents and purposes. In the case of The Last of Us Part 1 on PC, it it becomes a little more hazy because you're getting, it's, it's essentially two things. So Naughty Dog have remade The Last of Us entirely from the ground, ground up. Admittedly, they're using the same uh, motion capture assets and voiceover assets because they want to keep the same performances and stuff like that. But for all intents and purposes, this is the game remade as new uh, for PlayStation 5. So then after the game's been remade, um, you know, they've, they're, they're porting it from, you know, uh, from the PlayStation 5 version to the PC version. So essentially it's kind of like an amalgamation of the two uh, almost. Mm. But whereas Resident Evil 4 Remake would have been developed uh, with PC in mind, alongside these, uh, you know, current gen console ports, or even though it's um, uh, it's also on PS4, I believe, or Resident Evil 4 remake, um, then it's a it's a case of you know the two things happening at once, and that the Last of Us PC Part One is kind of caught in the middle, and you know I'm I'm kind of wondering because we've had previous PlayStation ports, ports of PlayStation games uh, already that have come to Steam with pretty pretty good degrees of quality i'd say we've had horizon zero dawn uh god of war and uh days gone i believe are the main three and in all those cases i don't think a port has come in anywhere near as hot as the last of us part one has and it's very suspect because the amount of glitches and sort of um problems we're seeing uh there's no way that naughty dog or iron galaxy who is also credited as handling this port they previously worked on the uncharted for uh i can't remember what the subtitle was called that game the uncharted for uh pc port um, you know, they would have known that the exact state this was. And obviously they delayed the game last month because it was originally meant to come out on PC alongside the HBO adaptations. They missed that yeah. window, hopefully yeah. trying to polish it up. But um, yeah, it's just a case where it came in too hot. They would have known what exactly was happening and that they've hoped to patch it in the meantime. And and to their credit that, you know, they've moved pretty quickly. But if you're 50 pounds down, not being able to play a game, 
uh, that's a bit of a problem. And then you've got the Steam Deck aspect of this, uh, which is a whole other debate entirely, because no longer is it enough for developers to just develop a, a PC SKU now. Uh, they've got, they don't have to make sure that it's verified, but in a lot of cases, you know, the Steam Deck's pretty hot right now. Um, it's a case that this, I, I believe that this is registered as verified, but good luck getting the thing running because by the time it's done compiling shaders, uh, I've heard some real horror, horror stories mm -hmm. that, you know, it can take an hour or an hour and a half to, by the time you hit the, the opening cutscene on, on Steam Deck. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a, it's just a horror show all around really, Nathan. Yeah. It just feels like a big open goal that they've missed. I feel like we, we roll out a lot of, um, football sayings in this podcast. Yeah. Football analogies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it feels like it feels like it is a little bit of an open goal they've missed the success of the TV show. You feel that if that would have come out at the same time the TV show was on, as originally Oof. planned, if it didn't have any bugs, imagine the reception that would have got and the amount of people that would have would have been able to play the game and enjoy it alongside the TV show. I feel like that that was a, just a great opportunity that they've just kind of missed. And obviously, I don't know, I don't know what goes it. I'm not a, a, an expert in games development. And I, mm. I understand that it can be, it could, it could be a difficult thing to to do a PC port of a game that's only available on console. But I think they've had enough time yeah. to sort it out. I don't, I, I just, maybe not. If anyone knows game development in the comments that can tell me otherwise, please let me know. But it does feel like they've had enough kind of. They would have known about the HBO show far in advance of the of the port beat, and you'd have thought they'd have worked on it at the same time. Um, well, it's a case of yeah. like thinking about that delay we had. I think it was in was it February or March because it was originally yeah. meant to come out a couple of weeks uh, sooner. I yeah. I'm, the, the more that we know about the Last of Us PC issues now, the more I'm thinking that they knew uh, the problems they were having with this port. So that and they basically they purposely delayed it because they didn't want to corrupt people's perspective of the TV show, which most people have obviously you know universally agreed is excellent. So I don't think is a as a coincidence that. Originally, the plan would have been to release the game and the show at the same time. They looked at the game, said, we can't do we can't do this because one's going to poorly affect the other. And now we're in a situation where they had uh, an extra month or so to polish it. It hasn't worked. So they're rushing now to try and get the get the thing running. But if all else fails, at least we're going to get some funny memes out of it, I guess. <laughs> That's true, yeah, I, wish, I, might, I might pull some up if we've got time a bit later on the show. Mm. It's a little bit of a treat if people want to stick around for the end of the show uh, while you're uh inevitably ranting about game pass at some point i'll uh I'll oh it's gonna to, happen <laughs> to go on to to uh google and do a quick search but uh scott's in the chat hi scott thanks for joining us um they have mouse issues that were in uncharted on pc you would have think they would have dealt with that for this um well yeah yeah but who's so. playing on who's playing uncharted with mice and keyboard who's playing the last of us mice and keyboard like scott. i can't Scott, apparently, I don't know. Do you, I mean, this is a man who plays Fortnite on Switch, so I don't know how much of his opinion we can take as uh, sound, to be honest. Yeah. Well, when when Matt streamed the game, he played mm. it on con uh, controller for a little bit, but then it turned out that he couldn't fire his shotgun. Yeah, that was weird, reason, wasn't it? Because it's the same input thing. as the, the yeah. regular handgun, like I thought. Exactly. So yeah. So he he switched to keyboard and mouse, and that it worked. So yeah. maybe that was a Last of Us thing rather than a Matt thing. I I went straight away with our Matt and his key bindings. Maybe he's right. He's, he's got it wrong <laughs> somewhere. We know all about that. Poor Matt. Um, exactly. Poor Matt. Uh, Matt, if you if you're watching, hi um, and uh, please leave us a comment. I'd love to hear yeah. what you thought about. Um, Last but we did get well. to see a fridge during his playthrough, which I was pleased about. It might not have been Absolutely. in working order, but there's confirmation. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of the stream, and please, it's it's on our live, uh, live little hub thing on our channel. Go and have a look at it. Uh, the Last of Us playthrough. There was a bit where he's um he's he's going through the traps mm. um that that have been laid out for him. Um, I've just forgot the character's name. Uh, Bill. Bill has oh, yeah. some traps out um to obviously stop the the clickers and stuff getting in and there's a there's a specific tripwire over a, a a door and matt just walks straight through it and obviously uh you know perishes uh yeah. due to due to you know the trap and uh he, he said is this meant to happen <laughs> and i just thought yeah in in the tv show yeah i remember that exact bit uh happening um but no, yeah that's quite funny. maybe maybe <laughs> it had to be there that didn't land as well as i thought uh let, let's let's swap <laughs> swap what? topics swap topics yeah i don't know what well, the the long and short of it is is that the last of us pc part one doesn't bode well for other playstation ports i guess no, um no. going forward because no. this sh- this is their prestige game nathan like whenever people say oh why should i buy a playstation it's usually where you, the last of us is one of the best stories in gaming so yeah. um i can't quite believe that it's got to this point to be honest yeah and the multiplayer game's coming out soon does that well not soon but they've said it's coming yeah does that does that make you feel less confident about that how that's being handled do you think not about the ps5 version which is how oh, i'll be yeah. playing it that's true. um yeah but then it's you raise a good point because i think you know you know pc that is where the multiplayer scene thrives right so that yeah. if they want this last of us factions live service platform which and i do suspect we'll probably see it before the end of the year um then then they're going to want to launch day and date on ps5 and steam with crossplay. but yeah. The thing that gives me confidence with that is that PlayStation have been on a bit of a mini hiring spree, um, purposely hiring uh, developers who specialize in PC ports. So they're working with Iron Galaxy for this. It worked out pretty okay for Uncharted 4. I believe there's other studios like Nixis, which they've hired specifically just to get their PlayStation games running on PC. But with this being a case, that Last of Us game won't be the first time, I believe, where a PlayStation game has launched day and date on PC and PlayStation, if, if indeed it does launch day and date. Mm. Um, they might prove me wrong with that. So mm. that is that might be a chance to entice people back and say, look, The Last of Us, it's high quality. We learned our lessons and, yeah. and get everybody back on board. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam's in the chat. Hi, Adam. Thanks for joining us again. I struggled to watch The Last of Us stream because he kept running past loot and ammo. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been in the chat. Just just like, yeah, there you missed it. But then, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think Matt, Matt obviously isn't, isn't a huge gamer um, and as i don't know if you you have this as well but whenever you were in a game it's kind of second nature to just look for loot and little yeah. kind of boxes and little chests every here here and there i don't think matt's got that kind of muscle memory yet mm. um from from but, that but so i know with the last of us part two but they're like naughty dog they're really good with accessibility options and yeah. rather than having to hoover up everything yourself like looking through drawers mm. there's this crazy mode where in the last of us part two ellie's arms will just automatically like go to where <laughs> the, their stuff is it's quite funny to watch and i'd be shocked if it i haven't checked if it's not in the first one as well so basically that would resolve matt's issue where he walks into a room right. and as long as he like rubs himself across like the perimeter of the room <laughs> He's, yeah. he's pocketing a whammo under the sun. So that would be my advice to, to Matt if he's watching. <laughs> well, if you, yeah, if you're watching, Matt, uh, take that advice on board. I think, yeah. obviously, Me- you mentioned Steam Deck there as well. Mm. Um, I think the, the response has been uh, from Neil Druckmann is that they're not focusing so much on getting Steam Deck verified at the moment. They're more they're more focused on sorting the PC version out and making it run rather than the, the Steam Deck version at the moment. So... 
you've got a Steam Deck and you want to play The Last of Us, might be a while uh, until you think until twice. You get a decent... Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, on the Steam Deck, um, we will go on to our next topic. Um, mm, Segway. Which is that... Absolutely. Um, Asus, uh, Asus ROG uh, has announced a new handheld gaming PC, which is called the Ally. Uh, early indications suggest that it could compete with the Steam Deck if it's powerful and cheap enough. Um, so this was... They actually launched this on April Fool's Day, April the 1st. Um, mm. Because if you think of the name ally ally right i see so that that was the that was the joke um so, so their marketing team needs a word with themselves really uh <laughs> yeah, you know absolutely. any other day guys any other day come on <laughs> absolutely um so it obviously launched on april they announced it on april the first which is a great day to to launch anything i suppose um but then a couple of days later they were like no no this is real genuinely and we've seen uh content creators like linus tech tip for example he's done um he's done like a little showcase of it and um the comp- the basically the claims from asus is that it's um double the performance of the steam deck uh it's got 120 hertz uh refresh rate display which is double the amount of the steam deck 1080p resolution which is clearer than the steam deck um because it's only a 1200 by 1800 display on the steam deck so mm. it's more akin to 720p um and the call in they said is a lot better and it's a lot quieter and things um so it's got a lot uh, a lot of a lot to live up to really in terms of the the specifications we we don't know the exact specifications of cpu gpu we don't know the price we don't know anything we, we've just seen the prototype as it is right now um i think the the thing the thing to talk about i think with with this is it's going to be very difficult. Oh, Connor's just touched on it. Thanks so much, Connor, for for, for going in the comments. <laughs> Isn't the Steam Deck sold at a loss? Well, that's the thing. Valve's Steam Deck pricing is incredibly aggressive. Incredibly aggressive. Incredibly generous. Because, well, generous. You could, you could call it whatever you like. <laughs> but it's aggressive and generous at the same time. Um, but that's because they own Steam. Yeah. Isn't it? So they're, they're, the more people that get a Steam Deck, the more games they're buying, the more money they generate, so they can kind of afford to. Um, if you think of the 256 gig model, you're looking at about 450 quid for the Steam Deck, which is, pricing-wise, it's ridiculous. Bargain. Ab- yeah. uh, ridiculous. Um, for this, if you're talking about double the performance, if you're talking about all these kind of things, double the performance, double the corner, all that kind of stuff... How much is this thing going to be? And is it going to be a real competitor to the Steam Deck? Because Asus ROG, I don't think they can afford to price it at that level. Even if it, if it, if it has got better specs, obviously we do yeah. expect a little bit in performance. But to be a genuine competitor for the Steam Deck and why the Steam Deck is such a big deal in the handheld PC community is because of that aggressive pricing. It makes it, it, makes it a genuine alternative to, to, other, to a PC or to a console. Um, where do you stand on on this new new handheld gaming PC? Could it could it be a competitor? Do you think? Well, as someone who loves his Steam Deck and Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch before that, like I'm really big into my handheld gaming. And yeah. anyone who, who's bought one of these things, obviously, obviously you've been playing the Elder Ring quite a lot in your Steam yeah. Deck, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, I imagine you get 20 minutes running that thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> I caught it mid drink there as well. That was a risk. I know. Um, yeah, nearly got yeah. coffee all over me live. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. No, so basically, I think this it's it's always good to have competition, right? This is yes. kind of what I'm always saying. Like, comp- market competition is important, and I feel like 
um, Valve has had a really good year there, proving to people that they can get a portable gaming PC working of a good standard. But even like as much as I love the Steam Deck, as much as it's comfortable to hold, it definitely has that sort of okay. This is a fir- first iteration of a piece of hardware, definitely. Like you know the the buttons, uh, they're not they don't probably give the best feedback. The plastic around feels a little bit cheap, and like you were alluding to earlier, like it can get hot when playing certain games. The cooling's not the best, and it can get loud as a result of that as well. Yes. But um, it's interesting because I, I like that you call it ASUS because I've been saying it ASUS in my head. So, but I'll, <laughs> I'll continue to call it ASUS and we can have this cool like tennis match between pronouncing it. That's um, fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you make a good point about the reason that the Steam Deck is so cheap is because Valve sells at a loss so they can make their money back on software. And that's exactly yeah. uh, what PlayStation and even Xbox does. Potentially, I'm not quite sure about Nintendo. Nintendo might sell their hardware because obviously it's a lot lower spec uh, at a small profit. But this is how yeah. things tend to go. And um, But the thing that interests me about the, the real competitive advantage that the Asus um, Alloy would have over the Steam Deck is obviously we know that it's going to be running on Windows 11 as opposed to um, a proprietary version of Linux, which is what Steam Deck uses in terms yeah. of get gaming mode. Um, and obviously the benefits of Windows 11, Windows 11 is that you can run the Steam Store, but also you can run the Epic Game Store and also Xbox Game Pass as well. So I think if Asus pitched this right, the fact that it's technically third party as opposed to, and there's the tweet we're seeing there, um, the trailer of it, I think that should be the main appeal factor. So even if it's priced slightly higher than the Steam Deck, and obviously we're a year out from when the Steam Deck released now, so you have to imagine that Valve's costs have come down a little bit. Asus are probably looking at the tech specs of it and go, okay, I, f- I feel like you know the technology's moved on far enough where we can now enter the market and at least compete. Yeah. So um, I imagine that's their thinking. And as someone who uses their Steam Deck, I'm kind of well aware that the Epic Game Store is probably never going to come to it, which is a shame because I have access to a lot of games on the Epic Game Store. Um, and obviously yeah. you can do that through different Proton plugins and uh, MU Deck and yeah. stuff. But if you're someone who doesn't like to tweak, then uh, then yeah, I think that, that should be how they pitch this thing. Yeah, I mean, if you look also, at it, I yeah. mean, it's a lovely bit of kit. And um, if you look at the RGB lighting, that just makes you play better as well. So they've done yeah, hit the nail on yeah. the head. <laughs> you got a racing game; it makes you go faster, doesn't it? Um, what, what I found really interesting, if you if you see on here, this the, where where you actually hold the device, um, mm. uh, it's it's actually kind of curved down. So if you were to hold it yep. as like normal, it feels very uncomfortable. This is all from the Linus Texas video, which you can go and check out if you want, where he's got like a, ha- a hands-on version. He says it's yeah. really uncomfortable if you just hold okay. it normally. But if you put it, if you put it on a desk or okay. you put it on somewhere where it, it where you're not holding it straight, you're actually holding it like that because that's how you play the game. You don't hold it like that, do you? Yeah, straight up. You yeah. hold it like that. As soon as you do that with it, that that makes it so much more comfortable than the Steam Deck because you're you've got a better grip on the device or something. Um, so okay. it's, they've really thought this through. I love the disclaimer, not an April Fool's joke as well. Uh, yeah. at the bottom here as well. Um, Why is it called like the Ally though? Like they could have picked any other name and not announced it on April Fool's Day. There's so many again open goals uh, scored. Hashtag but, um... play Ally Ally or games. Um, I mean, they wouldn't get that to work, would they? Play all of your game, all your games. They oh, is that what it's meant to, to be? Yeah. yeah, that's what it's meant. Yeah, um, but you can't play all your games though, because you can't play Switch games on the thing. Last time I checked. <laughs> oh, now you get all the PC I... hackers telling me. Well, actually, yeah. 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 Well, Connor's in the chat as well. He says six nine nine bet six nine nine. Um, if okay, 
let's say it does offer How many double gigs the is performance that? of the Steam Deck. Uh, well, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Right? It's mm. it off. It's it's double the performance of a Steam Deck. Yeah. What? 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 What's your decision there? Six nine nine, double the performance, same capacity. Are you going for it over the Steam Deck? Um. Imagine like I said, you haven't but... got it. Imagine if I haven't got what the Steam Deck. A Steam oh, Deck, I see yeah. what you mean. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to at least consider it again. If that's yeah. let's say 500 gigs of memory, I think that's pretty generous for 699 with the improved resolution. Because hmm. I mean, the other thing we haven't discussed and the thing we don't know anything about is that um, battery life is that is a real yes. sucker on the Steam Deck, isn't it? And for yeah. portable gaming, you know, I, I feel like whenever I play my Steam Deck. I'm charging it up like at least twice per day. Like yeah. God, God knows what's going on to my uh, uh, my energy bill there. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other the other point where I'm slightly disappointed about, it, but I still understand it, is that it's still um, it's not an OLED screen. Um, and every no. time I go from my Switch OLED to a Steam Deck, I always feel the difference. But in terms of so that would have been another way potentially that they could have like improved yeah. it. But then the price yeah. starts getting ridiculous. I understand. So yeah. It, it yeah. is brighter, significantly brighter, and another hundred mm. nits on the display, double the um, double the refresh rate as well, which will make a difference with in game and stuff. Um, You've I got me worried just... though about the comfort factor, like, but that was a prototype that Linus had in his video, wasn't it? Um... Yeah, um, exactly. So obviously it could change. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'll I'll stop I'll stop sharing that. Just you you can you've, you've seen enough of that now, because um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to see us, don't you? Um, hey. I think the, the thing about what's really exciting to me is that I love the fact that the Steam Deck has made people think about doing this potentially. And obviously, we've heard the rumors today about PlayStation potentially looking at their handheld device as well. Yeah. Potentially, you know, PS Vita 2 um, might be might be coming soon. I think everyone's looked at the Steam Deck and thought, you know what, that is the future. And I think just from because obviously I've got uh, I've got Steam Deck as well and being able to play a AAA game like Elden Ring on a train or not even just when you're traveling or just pick it up when you've got a spare 5 minutes or uh yeah. I mean Elden Ring you can't just play for 5 minutes but you know what I mean if there's a <laughs> specific boss that I want to beat in 10 minutes I'll just pick it up and play. like the the fact that you can do that in this day and age to me that's a huge step forward for the for the whole gaming industry the fact that you oh. have the power to do that and obviously, I know the Nintendo Switch you've been able to do that with with Zelda games and, and other games as well. But this feels like a big step forward for for gaming overall. And I feel like with it's just exciting to see all these other manufacturers get involved in it and what what could be what could be the future. But um, yeah, what well, I mean, do you think do you think like the, a Steam Deck style device is the future of gaming? Do you think that's where the industry is going? I think that obviously the Steam Deck. Uh, I think has done a large part in proving that you can get proper HD games running uh, modern releases in a portable format. But then again, the battery life is the main thing. I think it's just the Nintendo switch has been far more influential because basically no more, no Nintendo switch, no steam deck because the Nintendo yes. switch has proven that players like nothing more than flexibility and choice. And this, and the Nintendo switch gives you that by letting you play either on your TV screen or in handheld mode. And I feel like, you know, all these companies that are just releasing handheld-only devices like um, Asus or Asus, however you want to say it, I don't think they've mentioned anything uh, with regards to 
to docking, but then with a PC centric device, I don't think it's as big an issue, right? Because all you need is like a HDMI lead, and then all of a sudden you're up on a monitor. So, whereas Nintendo Switch to the console audience gave people that choice. And I've heard from people who have a Steam Deck and they have the Steam Deck dock is that there's so many issues in terms of ease of use in terms of switching it between docked mode and like handheld mode so many times that some if something goes wrong on the steam deck you can't control it remotely you'll have to get up and then like reset it get back down and i know we live what, what privileged lives we lead right the fact that we've got to get up and stuff this is my argument with like blu-ray discs people are like yeah would you really want to put a blu-ray disc in i'm like well it's not that tough guys um <laughs> so um yeah, I think we're reaching that point now where people have looked at the Nintendo Switch and Nintendo are clearly working on whatever their successor is to the Nintendo Switch. That's mm. going to be, it has to be minimum running early uh, PS5 games, late PS4 games, I would yeah. imagine in terms of spec. And Steam Deck have tried to capitalize on the market just ahead of time, but they're not, mm. they obviously haven't got the, the tentpole games to do so. Uh, and mm. neither is Asus. The, the advantage Asus has is that not being locked into one ecosystem. But PlayStation... Um, I mean, we, we, you know, we were just talking about Last of Us PC right now. If they were to release a dedicated handheld designed for PlayStation games specifically, I imagine things like that would be less of an issue. So um, as someone who had the PSP and the PlayStation Vita after it, I'm always going to welcome PlayStation entering the handheld market because I think it's a much more aff affluent one than what they're doing with VR right now. You know, yeah, chase that dragon as opposed to VR. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, comments back in the chat as well. It says OEM's best bet will be streaming devices. Sars Aaron. Yeah, I think they're talking about with the PS Vita, PS, PS Vita Two. It will be a streaming device. The latest, yeah. the latest rumors are that it'll be a you'll be able to stream your games from your PS Five. So but you can this, do that now. This... You can yes. do it now. You can stream PS Five games to your phone. So and and this was yeah, the argument but... when I think it was Logitech. They wanted to bring out a handheld that was Steam Deck esque. But it was totally streaming. So it's like, well, why am I paying for a device at all then? You know, if it's not yeah, running absolutely. things natively. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. these com these hardware companies need to ride that fine line because anyone could put a bit of plastic with a screen on it. There are all these weird companies now that let you emulate up to the Nintendo 64 yeah. quality and they're cheap as chips and they bring them out like yeah. every other month. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Streaming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I, d I don't know if you spoke with Connor about this before, but the fact that he says Sars Aaron, uh, he picked up on that before. Before I did, I didn't. I, didn't I know. know I, that was a... I think Connor might have been in the uh, the Resi Four stream. I don't, but I don't know if it came up there. No. Yeah. I, 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 that, yeah, makes sense. Um, <laughs> question: Where are Microsoft yes. in this conversation? Well, they don't need it because they've got the Xbox app for the Game Pass app on Android. So you True. literally just stream True. your xbox games through that portal there so if playstation yeah. were to do it it'd be far more cost effective than to for them to develop a playstation streaming app where yeah. people that subscribe to playstation plus extra or premium they can stream their games to their phone remotely that way yeah. what if people don't want to do that what about if they want a dedicated handheld with games running natively on the i mean i'd want that i'd want yeah. that but connor's connor and all the rumors are suggesting otherwise <laughs> so I've, that's the thing like if you're going to put out a handheld device it has to run these things natively because otherwise you're yeah. going to have to, you're, you're going to deal with lag and like connection interruption yes. issues and stuff. I see yeah. the appeal of streaming, you know, because you don't have to wait for the download, but it's, it'll be a cold day in hell when I can have a smooth, as smooth an experience uh, streaming a game as I can playing it natively. Yeah. Well, look at Google Stadia. Google promised yeah. this low latency streaming experience and no one wanted to play it as far as I could tell, which is why they binned Ooh. it off. 
Um, they brought out specific controllers that had to refund everyone. Uh, yeah, the it, Founders it was Pack, mess, wasn't it, or end. something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. I think, yeah, a PlayStation might gamble and just go for the easy option, potentially, which is this streaming device. But is that the right one long term? I don't know. We'll have to find I'll answer out. that. Um, no. There you go. No. Adam <laughs> is in the chat. Um, I think, is this in response to me talking about Microsoft? Uh, because he says, oh, oh hopefully yeah. leaving the gaming industry. <laughs> well, I don't well, think there's any chance of that no, happening, Adam, judging no. by all the money they've been throwing around. So Yeah. Adam, I don't know if you've been keeping in touch with our recent uh, podcast, but they've just splashed $68.7 billion. He knows. He on knows. Activision, he knows, he knows, he knows. Uh, on yeah. Activision Blizzard, that obviously hasn't gone through yet. Um, but yeah, I think they're very much here to stay in the gaming industry. Um, but yeah, I love my but, Steam Deck, and I can't. Yeah. I think Valve have come out and said that Steam Deck Two is quite a while away, uh, which makes sense because they just want to give people this initial experience and then take all the feedback on and then launch something that can really, you know, I'm I'm just so excited to to see where it can go because yeah, like, having been being able to being able to pick up again, being able to pick up a triple A game like Elder Ring for ten minutes at a time, fifteen minutes at a time, as and when is it's a good a way to keep your hands warm. It's a good way well, to keep yeah. your hands warm. On a cold day, boot up Elder Ring <laughs> on your Steam Deck and your car will defrost within Yeah, seconds. yeah. Absolutely. Just like rest your Steam Deck in the middle of your windshield yeah. and then just let it run Elden Ring. Defrost it instantly. Absolutely. Quite a cheap way of doing it actually. Um I might actually yeah. try that. Joke, all jokes aside. I mean, we'll um, get the TikTok up if you do. That'd be good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's go. I'll be talking of Sony and PlayStation. Mm. Let's segue to our next oh, topic. We're rolling right is, through today. I know, I know. Look at this. Uh, journalist and reliable leaker Jeff Grubb took to Twitter to reveal PlayStation will be hosting his own digital showcase event. According to Grubb, it will take place sometime before Jeff Keighley's own Summer Game Fest event on June the 8th. So that means it's, it could be soon then. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, therefore, well before the Xbox and Bethesda showcase on June the 11th and Ubisoft Forward on June the 12th. Uh, they ne- he neglected to give PlayStation Showcase a hard date, uh, but indicating it could be unknown. Um, they lasted a dedicated state to play in February, uh, which aired the day after PSVR 2's launch to showcase more titles. Um, uh, I'm just reading verbatim your article that you did for, for Mirror Gaming because it's got all the information on there. But what I'm really interested in is your opinion piece at the bottom that we that we do. Um, mm. For weeks now, you've been talking about a Series S discounted. Oh, it doesn't matter what you're going to play on it. <laughs> you know, all that, all that stuff. Uh, all yeah. Talking about Game Pass, where's all these first-party exclusives? You talked about... Um, in the uh, in the opinion piece, he said, while I'm all for secretive game development, if it results in some genuine surprises at AAA level, as a dedicated PS5 player, I've been left wondering for too long what I have left to play by way of first-party exclusives. I immensely enjoyed Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok last year, but it's not lost on me that we are treated to fewer and fewer PlayStation exclusives as the years roll on. So it's not just Microsoft then and Xbox that are... That are suffering from this first party exclusives whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, you're let's struggling just... to know what to play on the playstation by the sounds of that i right 
so first things first sometimes i have weeks where i'm like did i get much done today and then i go and do the walk for every week and i'm like okay nathan's just reading all my articles so i must be doing something right um second <laughs> xbox hasn't had a major exclusive since forza horizon 5 release and that was like a couple years ago so when yeah. in, in this article when i'm saying that like Basically, what I'm saying is that it's unusual to not to know so little about what's coming next in terms of the release calendar, because yeah. for the past few years, I think PlayStation have almost shot themselves in the foot a bit where they announce stuff early, like Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok yeah. over a year out from release. And, you know, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago that Spider-Man 2, which everybody knew was happening already. They released that teaser trailer, I state of state of play and ever since then they're, they're they're having to feed questions about when is it coming uh what's going to be included to the point now that just a couple of weeks ago we had a voice actor the guy who's playing venom leak a supposed release window of september for that game which would line up pretty perfectly with uh grub's uh suggestion that uh early june uh might be where playstation has its state of play um so in, in like i think the, what i was getting at is like yeah i don't know what's coming next but I've been well served up until this point uh, because we've got Final Fantasy 16 coming in June, uh, June 22nd, I think, and then Spider-Man 2 coming. And if that does hit in September, you have to assume that whatever this PlayStation showcase is, they'll be showing their big first party November, October window game, um, which, I mean, I've got some speculations to what that could be. Um, I'm definitely thinking we'll see more on Ghost of Sh the, the Ghost of Tsushima sequel. But um, yeah, that's all. That's all I was saying with that. Like, you know, PlayStation has been getting games out, but this is a widespread issue. AAA games just take so long to make now. And it was a few weeks ago that Jason Schreier even said, like, fun fact: if a game went in development today on a AAA level, it probably would be geared towards PlayStation Six as opposed to PlayStation Five. So just Ooh. think about that. We're three years into a console's life cycle. Console life cycles tend to last about seven, seven or eight years, give or take. Yeah. And so Sony knows every playstation 5 first party game that's coming out uh before yeah. the playstation 6 releases wild yeah. it's mad that we're three years into that already don't you mm. think mm. It crazy feels like yesterday it feels like yesterday where people couldn't get a ps5 and you know the xbox series x was sold out everywhere and yeah it just it just feels like and you know like you said i bought an xbox series x and i don't think i've played a first party a first party game on it um it's because there are none really... but apparently we're getting one uh, next month it's called redfall uh yeah yes <laughs> and starfield as well uh this year um yeah when is that delayed. again september i think uh it'd be september yeah september yeah yeah, yeah. Um, adam's back in the chat let's just repackage skyrim for the ps5 that's not a bad shout actually Surprised they haven't done that Bad already shout. yet, to be honest. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done that. I think there's been a few like um <laughs> modders sorted on PC and things. Um but nothing for the PS5. But yeah, it'll be it'll be really... just if you if you were to hazard a guess at the next first party PS5 exclusive, yeah. um what do you think it would be? The next one? So basically Insomniac are working overtime right now because they yeah. released Ratchet and Clank at the beginning of the of the generation and uh they've got Spider Man two coming. And we know that they're working on Marvel's Wolverine as well, which I think was confirmed not to be coming this year. So their next big exclusive exclusive should be Spider-Man 2 in September, providing all goes well. And then it's my guess that in October, November, I think Ghost of Tsushima, was that 2019 originally? So it's been about four years since Sucker Punch mm -hmm. has showed its hand. 
And obviously that game was well received. We've got the Ghost of Tsushima movie coming out by the John Wick director in a couple years time. So that's interesting there. Um, so I feel like that is probably what we're going to see at the state of play. And there's, depending on how far it is along, I mean, it's a sequel to an already a built-in, you know, they don't have to rebuild the entire assets or like the controls or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I'd like to think that four years is enough for Sucker Punch to get a Ghost of Tsushima sequel out uh, in November mm-hmm. time. But I'll probably yeah. be proven wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a God of War Amazon series as well. I don't need to look forward yeah. to as well, which which will be really interesting. Um, we've uh, we've looked at who could be cast in that. Um, yeah. Tom but you know, um, Tom Holland for everything. But yeah. you, further along than that, I believe it's actually it's either filming or it's done filming. A really weird yeah. one is um a Twisted Metal TV series, starring oh, really? Anthony Mackie. So yeah, and we haven't really? seen a proper Twisted Metal game since the PS3 days. Yeah, uh, that could be that could be really interesting. But um, I mean, you're you're big into your racing games, Nathan. So I feel like when that comes out, uh, that'd be yeah, cool. Absolutely. Um, so we we I mean the showcase is uh, going to be happening soon. By by the look of it, are you expecting them to show off Spider Man Two? Do you think in the showcase? What 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 can people expect? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we're we're definitely um going to see Spider Man Two gameplay uh, as opposed in to just in game cinematics. We're definitely yeah. in the window it, in the because. Window. We're in the window. Even if it doesn't come out in September, as Tony Todd suggested, it'll definitely be coming before uh, the end of this yeah. year. And, cool. you know, Spider-Man was a great game. Spider-Man Miles Morales yeah. was also a great game. But yeah. I feel like what people are still, similar to the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom situation, except Zelda, uh, Nintendo refused to let people know what the main hook is for this game, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. uh, with yeah. the Spider-Man 2 sequel, we don't know. It's been heavily implied that co-op will be happening. But it might just yes. be a case that we're switching between Spider-Men. You'll absolutely play as Venom in this game, mark my words. Um, so I feel like the state of play this summer, sometime early June, is PlayStation and Insomniac's chance to really show us what the hook is for Spider-Man 2 yeah. compared to the prior two games. Yeah. That's interesting. So we'll, we'll look forward to that in a few weeks' time, potentially then, this PlayStation. That's okay. Nathan, like, how yeah. is it April already? Like, you keep saying that. You're like, it's not much longer until this, all this stuff's happening. And I'm like, how like how i know i know know. it's gone so quick um absolutely but yeah it's coming it's coming very soon very very soon so we'll we'll, uh we'll get get ready for that in a few weeks time um yeah before we go on to our next topic which is that e3 has been cancelled potentially forever um i have managed to find uh that footage that i was talking about uh the last of us i promise promise to everyone um anyone everyone in the comments want to watch this uh this <laughs> this people just dripping on the last of us oh interested? i do yeah i definitely do um let me never mind what adam and connor uh oh connor's put an f Connie, in the chat you've gone, for... too, you've gone too quick i haven't i haven't mentioned that yet um i was <laughs> i was gonna mention it uh, a bit later on but yeah i'm just gonna share this hopefully you can see this uh, if i go full screen uh let me know if you can see this aaron full screen yeah yeah looks good yeah. to me mate so okay. normal cutscene. Yeah, it's very intense. Joel's yeah, not looking very intense. happy. No. Oh, he's folding his arms there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh. Oh, there's been a. Ellie. Ellie's there's been, a, Ellie's sweating. There's, been, there's been. There's been. There's been a. There's. There's been some weather happening. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Wow, oh, look at Joel's arms. Ways, it's like right? very. It gets shiny. worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Does it really? So everyone's sweating now. Mist. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's so, Joel. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what's interesting about this is like 
Joel and Ellie, they're frequently in water, so I'm like, okay, I know why they yeah. might be pulling assets from that sequence of the game. Yeah. Marlene should not be leaking. <laughs> She's never required to leak. Except, spoiler alert, blood at the end of the game. So yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a spoiler. But yeah, that, yeah. that's the more Minor that's spoiler. some of the more um that's some of the more funny uh yeah. the more funny bugs and hopefully they've they've patched that but yeah the, there is a couple of other other bugs as well uh that do, we've seen. do you know um, do you know the jordan peele meme where it's just his face and he's dripping sweat like intensity i want to yeah, see one yeah. of joel or ellie like like done in that style now I, i'm sure that has been done somewhere we'll have to we'll have to pull it out for for next week yeah um, yeah but yeah let's go on to our main topic and connie get yeah, your first but let's get some f's in the chat pay our respects um e3 has been cancelled for 2023 and it looks like it could be forever as well um based on what has uh, been said uh following this um so the esa has confirmed that e3 won't be coming back this year the last in-person e3 was in 2019 prior to the pandemic um expectations are high when event organizer repop said it would be taking over and teaming up with esa to make the event happen um however the uh, ign were the first to report that e3 2023 has been officially cancelled with no word on whether it would return in 2024 you had this kind of drop off where it was like playstation Nintendo, Xbox, they all confirmed they weren't going. Then Ubisoft yeah. said, yeah, we'll go if the all the others do. Then they said they're not going. So at that point, it was like, who's actually going at that point? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it actually worth doing? Um, so uh, e, e, the ESA uh, came out with a statement to say that although it remains a beloved event and brand, it failed to garner the support to make the 2023 version worthwhile. It goes on to say that was, there wasn't sustained interest, indicating that many other publishers, in addition to the main three platform holders, as you spoke about before, didn't see the benefit in attending. Um, so I think the question the question that we have to ask really is, is E3 dead forever? Will, mm. will will it come back? Because I I've never been to an E3. Um, have you have you been to an E3, Harry? Never had the fortune of going no. to E3, unfortunately. No. But yeah, but I'm I'm well aware of the prestigious the prestigious nature of the event, and you you've had consoles get announced there, you've had games get announced there, you've had you've had all sorts get announced at E3. There's been loads of special events. It was a great chance for the games media to meet with each other and and talk to publishers in person and to get interviews get exclusive bits here and there um uh i've, I've heard from from other people it was just a, a great place to be um as, as someone involved in video games just a great event to attend and cover overall um mm. but i suppose in this age where i mean we watched the nintendo direct live and did a YouTube on on the Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom gameplay. Yeah. Uh, gameplay, and look how many people watch that on YouTube for free. Well, free that that's a pay that's a pay <laughs> for people to do, I suppose. But um, what what's the benefit of doing it at E three rather than just doing a direct on YouTube? That that's that that's the constant battle that I imagine the organisers at the ESA and Read Pop were constantly fighting. Uh, mm. Not to mention that they originally entered this agreement uh, a year ago, um, not aware that most of the world would be about, you know, tightening their belts because we're, we may or may not be entering, entering a recession. I thought it was quite interesting that um, I believe it was in the gamesindustry.biz article where 
uh christopher dring interviewed the head of the esa as you know you know there was excitement at first but then one of the excuses that uh he cited was that we can't be seen to be lavish or extravagant in this environment because it sends out Mm. the wrong message so you know you can't be laying off employees uh, at one of these big uh, publishers, I think EA uh, recently cut 6% of their workforce only mm-hmm. to spend millions of pounds potentially in floor space for a physical event intended to show off your games. And obviously yeah. marketing is important and E3 at the end of the day ultimately is marketing. Every games event is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 you know, the pessimist in me says that even before uh, the the whole lockdown situation and pandemic things started, I remember very early like, it, it was a gaming event being called off uh, that really sort of like set things in motion to me. That like, okay, the world's about to change ma- 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 mm-hmm. majorly. Um, uh, even before that, uh, that the tides were turning because Nintendo was no longer a mainstay. PlayStation was no really a mainstay. It was really only EA, Ubisoft, and uh, Xbox that had kind of like maintained a presence there. And even then, they would like separate their shows so it was out the main building. And obviously, it gone uh, available to the public in recent years as well. Uh, for the past couple of E3s, as, whereas, you know, it wasn't just limited to just press. So I feel like E3 has had this identity crisis uh, for a while now. And um, it, it's a shame that it won't come back because I agree with you, Nathan. I do think, you know, if you're someone who gets to be there, it's obviously amazing. And in terms of like work opportunities in order for you know, press outlets like the Mirror Gaming to give you the best hands-on impressions uh, without the bias of um, the publishers themselves, it, it has a lot of value there. But um, ultimately, as the article suggested, um, I don't think the industry liked the idea of E3, but ultimately the industry didn't want E3 and it's probably yeah. dead because it's just not cost effective anymore. Yeah, I think I think it's a real shame for journalism, but also the people that want to read about games and critical analysis and, and people that cover the events as well, because... It's so easy for the publishers now. Everything's pre-recorded. All the events are very scripted. Uh, all these funny interviews—they're all—they're all recorded and uh, all done as premieres on YouTube, like it's live. But we know that for a fact it's not. It's all pre-recorded. I think mm. E3 was one of those events where we did get those mistakes on stage. People saying things that maybe shouldn't have yeah. said or announcing things that shouldn't maybe never have announced or we got funny moments that we wouldn't have normally got. I think it can be too sanitized, that environment. Yeah. And we need we need we need that kind of un, unsanitized nature of, of people just yeah. announcing stuff because it it's it, it puts on that kind of impression, doesn't it? If it's like a pre-recorded video, it's just a little bit too. It's too, con- too... it's too controlled yes. and you know they control the message yes. and like to your point of like you know people make mistakes and stuff i think it's a reminder to people that you know beyond the consoles behind these brands and stuff like that like people make games and like the brand yeah. there are human faces that exist behind playstation xbox and nintendo Absolutely. and like I, you know, I could I could list off countless moments that happened at E3. The the infamous how you can share your games on PS4, where you get Jack Trenton handing a game. I don't believe it was Jack Trenton; it was someone else actually. Adam Boyd's handing a game to Shuhei Yoshida, and you know that was step one and step two. Xbox obviously shooting itself in the foot with the Xbox One launch. Uh, David Solani crying about seeing one of his heroes, Shigeru Miyamoto, on stage was promoting Mario Cross Rabbids. That was an amazing moment. Uh, and then uh, Kevin the fake executive for PlayStation owning E3. Uh, that was really good. Uh, I remember. And we're just like, 
we're not going to get any of those moments anymore. No. Not to mention that the fact that because E3 is going away, potentially for good, it you know trying to cover this stuff, and not even trying to cover it, but trying to keep on top of it as a consumer and and person interested in games, you know. Oh, it's all spooled out. You know, so Ubisoft have got their thing happening this week. PlayStation got themselves that week. Whereas the benefit to E3 was like, okay, across these three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you've got PlayStation in the morning, Activision in the afternoon yeah. on the Wednesday. Thursday, Xbox is going, Friday, Nintendo. And then you would have Saturday and Sunday for everybody to get hands on and to read up the impressions. It was confined to one week. And, you know, especially as someone who covers the industry, it's so annoying constantly having to check times or... Have yeah. I got an invite to this uh, thing just to try and cover it? It makes it so, so tough and problematic. What time zone <laughs> is that publisher in? And yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also, uh, I think my favorite uh, ever E3 moment was the Keanu Reeves comes on stage moment, which was in 2019, which is the last. You're breathtaking. Last absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it was the cinematic trailer for Cyberpunk. Then so Keanu Reeves just walked on. Everyone was like, I remember the reaction of everyone there. Nobody Obviously, saw it coming. Exactly. Nobody. Like you could tell the audience are like, what is going on here? Yeah. Keanu Reeves just turns up. Is, is he in the game? Hang on a minute. He, t- obviously he turns up at the end of the cinematic. You, get, like, you hear his yeah. voice. He's like, wake up for uh, something. And then we got a city v. to burn. And then V. v. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah the absolutely. player character. Uh, you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, that was the height the... of the Keanu essence. That was absolutely. And then there's a. I don't. I don't know this moment to be honest, but I'm just reading about Ooh. a moment in the 2004 Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess reveal. Um, okay. Uh, apparently, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto came out with a Master Sword and Hylian, Sh- Hylian Shield on. Oh as yeah. Well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I've seen that as well. Um, Kevin Butler but yeah. was who I was thinking of. Do you know the Kevin name Butler. Kevin Butler, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the guy who he only does everything, and like the, the yeah. audience were like loving it, and he was interacting yeah. with like genuine PlayStation executives. Yeah. Like aside from Xbox, I know I give Xbox a tough time at the moment. That's only because I want them to do better. But to my point earlier, Phil Spencer is a good face for Xbox. He plays games, and whenever an Xbox game on the rare occasion that one releases um he's online playing earning achievements and stuff whereas yeah. jim ryan uh, the playstation equivalent he's not a gamer he's a no. business guy do you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. and like you know back during the e3 days you had sean Layden, uh who was the face uh and you came out with a big crash bandicoot top there was another moment that might have been at 2019 as well yeah. where he walks out to the Crash Bandicoot music, opens his thing, and he's got Crash Bandicoot on his yeah. T-shirt. Like, yeah. it's those communal moments, and yeah, yeah. you just don't get the same effect uh, with the no. it'll be digital. And from a per- personal point of view, um, there, there was potential for us to go this year. I would have really, really enjoyed it. It would have been my first E3 experience. Um, I was really looking forward to just you know being around all these people and making contacts and meeting people I've spoke to on email or on the phone or whatever. And yeah. uh, I think it's just a shame that we are going away from, I mean, we say that as we're doing a remote podcast um, <laughs> live on YouTube in separate places, but it is, it is a shame. I mean, that we have got plans to do the podcast in person because we, we do believe that, um, you know, we, we have to have that eventually just for the connection and, and the banter, if you will. Um, mm, the bounce. but it does feel a shame that that everything is going that way that we are kind of losing more we're losing the connection that you we used to have um just feel like it's going that way a little bit um well, bring uh, back th- e3 i say 
if not E3, like um, the, the next closest thing, and people will disagree with me on this, is Gamescom. Yeah. That is, it doesn't happen in the summer. It's it's like a nice, you know, easy breezy event. Well, Cologne, not easy breezy. Isn't it? Is it Cologne? So it was in Cologne. I went yeah. to Gamescom for the first time last year, and it's far bigger than any E3 or PAX, uh, from what I can tell. It takes over the whole city. And um, th- there is like a press section where things go on behind the scenes, but you've also got the public section. So in, in terms yeah. of like a- an event that is still up and running and it manages itself quite well and it brings together, it does attract the big companies. You know, they can, mm. they don't tend to bring, you know, the biggest games there, but it's still a pretty good offering. I think Gamescom more and more is becoming uh, what E3 was to a lot of people for the longest time. Yeah. And in terms of like what went wrong, obviously we've outlined the issues already, but the thing that really... Um, Thinks that puts the nail in the coffin for me is that Read Pop are the event organizers behind PAX and shows like MCM Comic Con as well. So they seemed like the perfect partner when the ESA were struggling to find someone to, you know, put yeah. on this event for them. So if they can't do it, I don't know who can um, yeah. in the current climate anyway. It's a shame. We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to keep an eye on it and see if E3 will return in, but it doesn't look like it. We'll have to keep an eye on what happens for 2024. Yeah, um, but yeah, big, big shame, big shame. Uh, let's go on to our. Uh, uh, before <laughs> I don't want to almost don't want to read that comment because um, we're uh, we're also nerds as well. Um, <laughs> Connor says only the nerds are taken over. Yeah, Connor says only social contact most E three nerds had. Yeah, simmer down, Connor. Okay, okay. We're 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 E three nerds. Um, me and Aaron, we're we're proud. E3 we've, ne- we've never been, but we'd like to think we are. Never been, but I mean, <laughs> I'd like. Let's just let's just coin ourselves as E3 nerds. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll go on to our, our final our final topic, which is that Nintendo um, have announced that they're going to um, repair Joy Cons for free if they're suffering from uh, drift, even outside of warranty. So they already offered this in some locations. Uh, I believe it was uh, the USA. Um, don't quote me on that because I haven't. I forgot to put that on my little page here. But um, <laughs> Nintendo Switch owners uh, can now go to the Nintendo sp- support page uh, and report that their console has responsiveness syndrome. What a weird thing to call it. Um, yeah. Which is basically a Joy-Con drift which is yeah. when your Joy-Cons start either doing movements after you've made them yeah, or doing like movements delay. when you've not, not wanted to... Yeah, doing movements when you've not wanted them, all that kind of stuff. So that normally happens when there's either a fault in the actual Joy-Con, the joystick itself, or whether they've just worn out the sensors or something. Um, so we'll be extending its free drift and repair to the uh, program to the UK, European Economic Area, and Switzerland. Oh, I did actually put it in the dock this is already in place in the usa and other territories across the globe um nintendo has clarified that this is the case even if the 24 month manufacturer's warranty period has expired or if the issue has been caused by regular wear and tear no matter how long you've had your nintendo switch console you're entitled to a free repair if you're facing drifting issues it's worth noting that other problems are not included um i think obviously this is a good step uh, I don't think anyone's going to argue that this is a good step. What I would argue, though, is if we're talking about the right-to-repair movement, if Nintendo would have engaged in right-to-repair, like, I mean, other companies are very slow to do it, but some most companies, like Valve, for example, they've released, like, the schematics for the Steam Deck so people can, like, 3D print their own, like, cases and stuff, and um, they're releasing, like, a, a guide to help you tear the Steam Deck down and 
replace the different parts and things and there's uh, laptop companies like framework that offer like free replacements and stuff and allow you to change different parts out if nintendo would have actually embraced right to repair and let people fix their own consoles and offered like replacement like joysticks not even the joy con just the actual plastic and the sensor yeah. itself that would have been a far cheaper option i believe than than this um than actually because they've got to make them anyway yeah because they've got to make the consoles so you just make a few extra sensors a few thousand extra sensors probably um <laughs> so people can actually buy the replacements and they can fix them themselves um but now they're going to get loads of people sending their nintendo switches back getting free repairs it's going to it's going to cost them a fortune so yeah repair all the way i say i agree but it's it's just not the company that nintendo is like nintendo and valve are like complete opposites in terms of how they yes. approach open source in that one what, approach nintendo open aren't source. a family family <laughs> family company well they are a family company but they don't want these families doing all sorts with their switch they don't want like their games emulated on other hardware they don't want yeah they suffered like you know back during the nintendo ds days um that thing got jailbroken like no one's business yeah. and apparently there's a way to do it with the 3ds with the 3ds store shutting down recently people have been you know sharing guides and stuff but the difference there is that nintendo doesn't really have a leg to stand on because what else are yeah. people meant to do um but until the time comes i i have suffered from joy con drift and um uh, I have, I've used this service. It must have been within the 24-hour uh, period, uh, you know, time 24 span, months, uh, given. Mean. 24 months, sorry. That would be the shortest oh, warranty. Yeah. I'm really enjoying playing Breath of the Wild, but Link won't do what I'm doing. Uh, um, and it, and it, to be honest, it was a speedy service. Like, I think it was like within yeah. three or four days I got my uh, Joy-Cons back from Nintendo UK. Um, That's quick. It is, it's really quick. Yeah. But now that they've basically come out and said to everyone, we'll handle it. Let us do it. Yeah. Whereas before, I think my personal opinion is that they were already doing this because they didn't want right, to deal okay. with the hassle otherwise. But now they've yeah. had to make it official because their their hands been forced a little bit. Um, yeah. So, uh, it, but then there's an easy fix to this. It's stop the Joy Cons from drifting. And for whatever reason, they cannot change. Like I don't know if you've ever seen the inside of a Joy Con controller, Nathan, but it's so compact in there and adding yeah. anything new or like revising the spec you know you can't change the joy con because the whole point of them is that it fits you know yeah. everything it has to dock yeah so i understand the predicament that they're in so i think you know we're clearly entering the twilight years of the the original nintendo switch now so for the last year or two they probably thought you know what screw it let's just offer open source to more territories uh not yeah. open source sorry but you know send us your joy cons yeah. and we'll repair them yeah. so that's what i think is going on here yeah, Adam L's in the chat. If you sell consoles at a loss, why wouldn't you want people to fix their consoles? Yeah, I think that that's my point. If you look at the right, right to repair movement, if you yeah. think about if, if for example, they didn't offer this service and they didn't offer this Joy-Con drift replacement and they, they weren't, you know, able to, to fix it, that that's like e-waste. You mm. can't you can't sell i mean you could sell it to someone but it's not very you know, they're gonna just realize that it's got joy con drift and they're gonna throw it in the bin or like if they're just offered this you know even if it was 20 30 quid for replacement joysticks replacement sensors it gives people the option if they want to repair their console they can repair it and it's better for the environment if they fix mm. their own console they can keep it for longer they can sell it to someone else they don't have to put it in the bin it, it it just it helps the whole it helps the environment massively this uh this right to repair movement so I'm, I'm a massive advocate for that but if if they did do that the, the right to repair movement wouldn't that mean that uh like third parties would be encouraged to provide their own like alternatives to nintendo's official like joy con sticks and stuff and then you've got a whole second party market 
which yeah. they allow for things like cases and stuff. But yeah. I'm not sure if that, you know, that might potentially result in more plastic and resources being put there because you're encouraging third parties to get involved. I don't know. I mean, the, the argument is if you bought the console, you can do what you want with it. I mean, you can. Nintendo's not stopping you. You can yeah. do that. Uh, but, do you know what I mean? Uh, if, I mean, Nintendo can, if they wanted to sue the, the companies that made the third party things, I mean, that's that's their prerogative. But I think having having the option there for people, they can't control who's going to, you know, I mean, you can rip apart a Joy-Con now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So, the, the, but, yeah. you're, but you're giving up the right to a repair, uh, to use a similar, similar terminology to you, so I might confuse a little bit, but as soon as you do that, you know and i and oh I think no i that... wasn't i wasn't advocating for this for right to repair over this this warranty thing right I was just yeah, advocating no, yeah, yeah. for that just to be an option because there, there will be people probably me included who probably <laughs> doesn't don't have the technical expertise to actually do that themselves so they need yeah, yeah. nintendo service so there, there is room for both the the right to repair movement isn't there to to like stop people or it's not there as a negative for people it's there if it's an option because it's there to help you fix your own i mean yeah, my, yeah. these two xboxes hang on i'm i'm mirrored so i'll point <laughs> the wrong thing these two xboxes behind me they're both circle of death they're both uh, have yeah, the yeah, three yeah. the three uh, red, red circle yeah red rings they're gone dead whatever f in the like, chat everyone f's in the chat f in the chat people yeah um yeah. e3 and but... nathan's xboxes <laughs> But th- I mean, I'm putting them on display, right? But I, they're they're literally useless. <laughs> so that they could go in the bin, and they, I mean, they've been there, they've been in a loft for like years. But just ignore that. Yeah. Um. But they could have they could have been at another home, like being enjoyed by other people, and you know, contribute yeah. not could contribute to e e waste, not being in a landfill. Um. Yeah. You know, it it just I mean, just give people you- the option to repair their stuff. Can you imagine if uh, the Nintendo Switch was a handheld-only console similar to the Steam Deck and they released mm. this thing and Drift was as prevalent as it was? Like, thank God that yeah. the Joy-Cons come off and that if push comes to shove, yeah. you can buy a spare pair of Joy-Con rather than outright buying your Nintendo yeah. Switch. I mean, yeah. that is what the Nintendo Switch Lite is, right? And um, yeah. I'll have to admit, I've not heard of too many cases of Drift in the Nintendo Switch Lite, so, but I'm sure it does happen still. Yeah. yeah. Well, Valve are doing it right. They're going to be offering replacement parts for a lot of the a lot of the components in a Steam Deck. They've offered like a build guide of how to tear it down and stuff. So if you do yeah. want to fix it yourself, instead of throwing it away or selling it for parts on eBay or whatever, um, you can you can fix it yourself, and it's better for the environment. We need to think about the environment, Aaron. I'm all about the environment. Think, yeah. I'm all about it. I mean, and I like Apple, my discs, but yeah. <laughs> Apple goes on about oh, we're not including the cables in the box anymore because we want to save the environment. Okay, they want yeah, to save yeah. a bit of money, but like yeah. we need to, we need to think about the environment properly. On yeah. this. And Apple... uh, JD, sorry, got no, go on, Nathan, go on. No. JD Incinerator in the chat says, "I wouldn't be surprised if the Switch gets a Need for Speed game as a tongue-in-cheek response to Joy-Con drift." Yeah, you can get you need, need for Speed Hot Pursuit is on the Switch, so but yeah, if there's a, a dedicated yeah. drifting one, that'd be cool. JD, get on that. Get on the uh, get on the Nintendo store. Get uh, get on the Need for Speed vibe on the Nintendo yeah. Switch. I'm sure. I'm sure but you'll J- love it. JD clearly knows that of the Fast and Furious movies, Tokyo Drift is the best one. So it's you know it's all good. That's the only Joy-Con drift I care about. Oh, we need to have. I mean, that could be a whole. Park, yeah. Couldn't it? Could it? About the best, the best one. Um, I prefer five. the original one personally. The original. Wow. The original. For, for me, I think it would go five the Tokyo Drift and then 
probably the original. But yeah. Five. Five's fast the one five. where they're yeah, fast five where they're dragging the safe behind them in the streets of Brazil. That was awesome. Oh dear me! You know they, they you know they <laughs> they lost broken me. Nathan. When, they lost me when they they like jumped from a plane. And then, like, they landed on the plane or something. Or there was that. Yeah. No, there was a submarine in one of them. They so put they in a submarine eight. or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't really. I, no. This is a whole separate show, but Fast Nine was all four, and Fast Ten yes. comes out next month, so we'll report back, guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll. <laughs> I don't know how that relates to what we talk <laughs> about, but no, I think the the orange, um, the orange uh, Toyota Supra in the original. Um, uh, okay was just you know favorite of mine but then the the um oh the nissan oh what was the nissan in um in tokyo drift that han had that was also oh, amazing nan uh, uh, yeah han only drives NSX? orange cars yeah i yeah, mean yeah. you're speaking a different language to me the only one i know is the um the vin diesel car which is is it the the dodge dodger oh, dodge the, charger dodge challenger isn't it or a char- oh, challenger is, a char- is it a charger one of them one of them yeah yeah dodge something um yeah lewis says weren't they in space in the most recent one no were they i can either confirm or deny whether or not they were in space that is ridiculous but, but yes they were yeah, yeah yeah that is ridiculous <laughs> um just go back to drag races man what are go they doing back to stealing dvd players in 2002 <laughs> yes. go on that's Absolutely. how this whole franchise started that, you know that was gritty though wasn't it that was real <laughs> That was, was real. real. That's what made it so special. Um, yeah, yeah. Jade Incinerator, any reactions about a rumoured uh, Vita 2? Yeah, we spoke about that. Um, about half Rewind. the show. Yeah. yeah. Go back. Go go back. That was my tape. Rewind. Uh, Where have music. you been, JD? Where have you been? Have you, you turn been, up man? like this now, complaining, we're going to talk about stuff. We've already covered it, man. Come on. I'm pretty sure we covered it pretty early on in the show. I think it was about 25 minutes in, 20 minutes, 25 it, minutes in. So it, it was JD... when we were talking about the Asus uh, Steam Deck competitor. So yes, hopefully that'll absolutely. help. Yeah. yeah. So go back to that and you can you can uh, hear our thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, but Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'll push you to the absolute limit. You did want to go at five. I'll push you to 10 past five. I really appreciate that. Uh, that's all right, that. mate. It's and all I good. That I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, ruined anything for you this evening with your plans. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, thank you for late. joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's been great talking to you about all these topics. Um, JD Incinerator says, "Sorry, no, no need to be sorry, JD. No need to be sorry. You can watch it. It's all pre-recorded. Um, not no, not pre-recorded. four o'clock every Wednesday, a, JD. Four yeah, o'clock. it's a vod now on our channel. You go back and watch it. But yeah, four p.m. every Wednesday. Make sure you tune in so you can hear us talk about it live, and you can we can we'll answer questions about it um, as well. So if you join us next week." um just pop, pop some questions in the chat and we'll we'll respond um if we do talk about that uh rumored vita too uh thanks again yeah. aaron really appreciate it thank, uh, thank you. you to everyone who's watched whether you're on youtube or facebook or tiktok we really appreciate you tuning in if you enjoyed watching this video please drop a like subscribe to the channel and put those bell notifications on so you'll know when we go live next we're going to go live again next probably next wednesday at 4 p.m bst as usual with the walkthrough uh, so join us then for the next walkthrough but for now have a great week and we'll see you next week thank you bye bye guys bye